Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, David Corey, the president and founder of the Emotional Intelligence Training Company, as we speak about the struggles on leadership that roots from an imperfect understanding and hold of emotions. Throughout his many encounters, David discovered the common causes that hamper innovation and empowerment in organizations and leaders. He communicates the practices that help make leaders lead with impact and heart and the actions that make development measurable. Welcome and enjoy. Today on Cashflow Canucks, I'm happy to have David Corey from Emotional Intelligence. David, welcome. Thank you, Peter. So, um, David, can you just maybe start a little bit, tell the Cashflow Connects community a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I am a leadership development specialist uh, with a graduate degree in adult education, fascinated with how people learn and how organizations learn and how organizations either become effective or, or ineffective. Uh, and, uh, and I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs in the group. So, you know, I'm, I've been fascinated watching entrepreneurs start their companies and grow their companies and, uh, and, and seeing them, uh, you know, uh, stumble along the way and, uh, and, uh, and see, uh, have seen them succeed as well. So, uh, when I learned about the concept of emotional intelligence, I was fascinated with it as a set of foundational skills, uh, that all are dependent on emotion. Uh, and we don't teach emotion in schools. And so, you know, we grow up not learning formally or systematically about how important emotions are to our lives. Uh, and so we fall victim to them and we fall into the traps that, uh, uh, that, that people can fall into and, and they can become less effective as a result. Thank you. Um, so David, how did you how did you stumble into it? What was your reason? Yeah, what, yeah. Connect, what connected the, you to it? The, the, the stumbling into it, uh, Peter, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was teaching leadership courses and, and, uh, and I couldn't help but notice that not, you know, we assume that, that managers who come into those courses uh, all start out on the same footing personally and interpersonally. And, uh, and I, I knew that the, these great skills that we were giving them, like running meetings and addressing conflict and, uh, and, and giving feedback, I knew that some of them were going to go away and, and be able to do those things well, and others weren't. And I didn't know what the difference was until I went to a conference. It was in 1997. Uh, and there was a guy who was crossing the country uh, from Toronto who has uh, who had started the, the largest publishing company of psychometrics in Canada. It's called MHS. And, uh, and he had just published the world's first scientifically validated assessment for emotional intelligence. And I'd never heard of emotional intelligence. So I, I had to go to this breakout session, listen to this guy talk about his brand newly published assessment tool. Uh, and uh, I said, that's the difference. That's the difference maker right there between those leaders who are going to take the tools that we were giving them and be, be able to use them well. And the leaders who are going to continue to struggle no matter what we did, no matter how many great skills we gave them. So, so these are foundational skills uh, and they're foundational skills that everyone's heard of. They're, they just hadn't been put all together in one place in the way that this was, uh, this had been done at that time. And then I was one of those annoying participants who, you know, stayed around afterward, waited till everybody left, 
Uh, and then I talked to um, I talked to the presenter the whole time he was packing up his computer and getting ready to leave. Uh, talked to him all the way down the hallway to the front of the hotel, and then I drove him to the airport because uh, I, I was so interested in working with with him and his company. We've been working together now for 22 years. Wow, and that's you know I, I think that's that's so powerful too. Even just I mean you went through a whole whole bunch that we can unpack from that just what absolutely you said there, i mean just alone just the passion part is what i caught at the end right it's just something when you you know when you find something that you love and you just you just have an insatiable appetite to learn and that's sounds like that path that you took yes and um so you said in terms of emotional intelligence this is in the corporate world you know how does that relate to are you dealing with all different size businesses. I guess the other pieces, how do you extend that in? Does this extend into the home family life as well? Uh, absolutely. And that's one of the cool things about the work that we do is that, you know, we're there uh, at, at first, you know, the idea is that, you know, you help this person to become a better leader. And uh, we all know that when you become a manager, or even if you start a company, that doesn't necessarily make you a leader. What makes you a leader is learning how to positively impact on others. And, uh, and that's a choice. So we have to choose to become a leader. We don't necessarily choose to become a manager like the engineer who told me the day they made me a manager, they lost a brilliant engineer and they gained a terrible manager all in by making one decision. And it's because he wanted to do the work of engineering. He didn't want to do the work of managing people. Uh, and so he wasn't a good leader as a result. He wasn't provided with the resources, the skills and the knowledge to become a good leader. Uh, and so there he was with his technical expertise, which is how we promote people into positions of management in companies all over the world. Uh, but that doesn't make you a leader. It makes you a manager. And if you are a good technician, then the work will get done because, you know, you know how the work should get done, but it doesn't make you a great manager of people. It doesn't make you great at, at paying attention to what's going on for others. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have the self-confidence to, uh, to say, hey, this is a great idea that I have here that we're going to, uh, to look at and consider. Uh, and, and it doesn't give you uh, a whole bunch of other skills that, uh, that, that we give to people in our courses and our programs and in our one-to-one -one coaching. Are you teaching them how to teach people or how to, I guess, set, set an example? We do both. So <laughs> we, um, we partnered with the publishing company to teach the certification course, which certifies people to use this assessment tool uh, because it is, um, uh, it, it's, uh, it, protected by its rating, all psychometrics get rated and you have to have certain qualifications in order to use them. And that's a protection for the public so that not just anybody can go to a psychometric publishing company and buy tools and start using them on people. Uh, and so we teach the certification course, which certifies people to use that course. So that's one thing that we do. So in, in a sense, if you want to teach about emotional intelligence, then you come and you do this course. And then uh, we, you do another course that we offer called Developing EQ. Uh, and that gives you the, the tools uh, in order to teach emotional intelligence. So we teach people how to teach, but we also teach people who just want to be better leaders. Uh, and, uh, and Or uh, we have people contacting us because they want to be better parents. They want to be better leaders in their community. They want to be uh, uh, better at whatever it is that they want to do. Uh, and and so, so it, it continually amazes me, the motivation that 
uh, that what you know the the motivation that uh, drives people to give us a call in the first place okay so i don't i don't want to skim over this but you've mentioned psychometrics a couple of times can you explain yeah what that is sure psychometrics are those kinds of tools that are created by psychologists for use uh, by other psychologists in their clinical practice but Many of them uh, end up getting um, having interest from people who are not psychologists. Uh, an example of that that most people have heard of are personality type indicators. So Myers-Briggs type indicator, the DISC, insights, personality dimensions. There are many, many of them. Emergenetics. Uh, these are all personality type indicators. Uh, and originally, they were created by psychologists for use by other psychologists in order to help people with self-awareness in general. Um, and uh, so uh, you have to have, you have to either take the course or have certain qualifications to use them. Okay. Now, in your work and how you, you, you help leaders, can you talk about um, maybe some most common problems that you resolve and most common outcomes you're getting from the work you do with them? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, uh, in, in a best case scenario, uh, we're talking about people who don't necessarily or struggle with building trust uh, among their team members. Um, we, we work with people who, uh, who avoid conflict. Uh, if you avoid conflict, uh, of course, you don't have those kinds of conversations and those discussions, which really generate innovation and uh, and leverage the best that people uh, come to the table with. Uh, and uh, so, so we we help people with those those things. At worst, we get calls from companies who say um, we have we have this individual. They're very senior in our organization. We can't afford to lose them because of their incredible technical skills, but we also can't afford to keep them with the way that they are abrasive and divisive and the way that they treat others. We, we can't um, allow for that any further. Will you work with them? Uh, and my first question always is, are they willing to be coached? Are they willing to be worked with? And if they are, then of course, we'll work with them. And we've seen dramatic results uh, through that process. And the reason uh, is because people are highly motivated. Uh, they don't want to lose their job. They, they don't want to be told to go away. They, they, uh, and so they're more open uh, when it comes to that. Uh, prior to, there were lots of opportunities by other people, by other more senior leaders in the company, but they didn't have the skills to deal with it. And, and so uh, they call us instead. Uh, and that's fine with me because it's good for business, but, uh, but really if people had the leadership skills in the first place, they wouldn't need us. They would have been able to deal with these situations and these issues with these difficult people on their own. And so what is the, uh, like, is there a measurable outcome you, that you, do you go back and assess after yes. or? What? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good question, Peter. And so we use the EQI, the, the emotional quotient inventory, that that's the self-report instrument uh, for EQ. Uh, and we also use the 360. So there, the, 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 multi, the multi-rater version is called the EQ360. So that's when you rate yourself and then people 360 degrees around you also rate you. All of those ratings go into one report and that is, uh, that is our uh, post-test, if you will. So we, we do it up front at the beginning of a uh, program of coaching and then six, nine, six months, nine months, 12 months down the line, we do another one. 
one and we look at the differences and that's when uh, that's when people when raiders say wow you know this person's made some big changes or, or I can't believe how much effort this person has put into this it's been great uh, to see these uh, these increases uh, and we see that because uh, that's that's what we're talking about the whole time is how can you change these perceptions of yourself um, if you were to change them uh, and people decide. Uh, we work with people. We don't tell people what to do. They decide they want to be better. They want to be different uh, with others uh, and they make those changes. Yeah, I think that's the, I think sometimes that's the, the hardest part to catch, but the most obvious is that the biggest obstacle to any of it is to change is yourself at the end of the day. Absolutely. Um, in terms of, um, in terms of who you support, who you serve, um, I know you, 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 you kind of, you do big corporate, obviously what, how about in the entrepreneurial side in terms of, you know, small, medium business? Um, sure. It- yeah. Yeah. Uh, small uh, mom and pop businesses, um, governments at every level from tiny little villages, right up to the governments of other countries. Uh, we once designed a 20 day emotional intelligence skills development course for the entire nation of Botswana. Uh, it was a three-year project. We uh, uh, worked with the Ministry of Education and uh, uh, and the, the the teachers and the the school counselors uh, to create this program. And then we trained 36 people to deliver the program. So a train the trainer approach. Wow! And so let's touch on that. Now that you mentioned it, you're based out of BC, Van- Vancouver, Vancouver, BC. Yeah. Right. And you just talked about being in Africa. So how did you get that outreach and how do you deliver that to those? Yeah, they, they, you know, there are, uh, there are few or, uh, companies like ours that, that specialize in the development of emotional intelligence skills. Uh, and so what, what the government did there was they sent out an email. And as you may know, um, the, Internet is not always stable in those those countries, so they frequently use Yahoo addresses uh, or Hotmail addresses, uh, which reduces legit legitimacy. Right? It's like, so is this real? Uh, and then they, uh, for whatever reason, they they use shorthand in their email messages, and they this one came in all caps. Uh, and uh, in lots of, sl- of shorthand, and I didn't know what they were asking for. Uh, but I hung in there, uh, and I didn't dismiss it, but many of them, like they, they just thought it was a scam or something. But I hung in there and had several conversations with, uh, uh, with the people who were leading this initiative and finally figured out what it was they were looking for uh, and um, uh, helped them to create a request for proposal. Uh, and uh, uh, that uh, that was sent out to again many leading firms in the area, uh, and we won because we had built the relationships with, and we won the global tender. That's so good. Just having the patience to yes. understand for someone else's Absolutely. vantage point to be able yeah. to be available for that opportunity. Um, and so now, with the state of you know what's going on in the world today, you're not able to to travel, how, how was the communication for you and passing that on to other people? Yeah, interesting question there. Uh, uh, you know, we, we just were not, ex- we, we were not prepared for the, uh, for the 
the increase in business that that COVID would bring us. Uh, we we thought, okay, that's it. We, this is done. Uh, we had taught courses online before, uh, and. Um, uh, we, we, we had been using Zoom since it first came out, so pretty, pretty familiar with Zoom and how it operates. Uh, and when we couldn't travel anymore, uh, we put everything online. Uh, and um, uh, and I, I think because we, you know, we lowered our prices because we didn't need to charge so much because we weren't paying for hotels and flights and accommodation and catering and all those things that we used to pay for. Uh, and uh, I think people had opportunity. Uh, and so they were really interested in learning. And when they went online and they looked around and thought, you know, what should I learn to improve my career? Emotional intelligence keeps coming up. The World Economic Forum named it as one of the top 10 employment skills for 2020. Uh, and uh, uh, it, 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 uh, it's the basis for leadership development at, uh, at the most famous companies in the world. So Google, Nike, Amazon, Microsoft, uh, all their leadership programs are built uh, on the foundation of emotional intelligence. So, so people want to know about it. And, um, and so uh, quite by accident, uh, <laughs> I was trying to think of a really cool name for my company years ago. And I was thinking about all these, you know, Latin you know, taking different combinations of Latin words and sticking them together in a new way. And my wife said, why don't you just call it the Emotional Intelligence Training Company? That's what it is. I said, that's brilliant. Let's do that. Uh, but what we didn't know was that, that um, leaders in companies all over the world were going to learn about emotional intelligence, go back to their office, and what do they type into Google? Emotional Intelligence Training. And we, we come up on the first page of, uh, of a Google search um, right from the very beginning with no search engine optimization or, uh, or additional work in that area. So, so naming your company is, <laughs> is, is a huge, huge important thing. You know, what are people searching for? What, what, are, what, are, what are your target audience? Uh, what do they want? What are the problems that they're trying to, that they're looking to solve? Uh, and and how can you call your company something that comes up in a Google search? Right. Yeah, you've got the 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 problem right built into it. Right. Yes. There's a solution to the problem built into it. Um, now, you know, obviously you had to scale over time, and it, it sounds like through COVID you'd had to scale again. How do you do that? Do you other, you're not doing it one to one necessarily yourself. You have a team. Approach? Yes. Yeah, we do. Uh, and what we've done. Uh, is um, uh, we've uh, tried to keep it to uh, to to a, a fairly you know bare bones structure. It's um, uh, it's, it's very uh, it's very loose and flexible and uh, and completely virtual. So you know we don't have any offices. I, I, that always made me laugh when people would say they're you know they're they're setting up a business and they go out and they they rent an office and they get parking spaces and they get desks and thought, well, why do you need all that? Don't you have a desk at home that you can use? Uh, and, uh, and so of course now that's, that's, that's what people are doing. Uh, and so uh, we subcontract all the services that we need. So, uh, so we have many coaches that, and trainers that work with us and, and uh, we've developed relationships with them over the years. And, uh, and we've always made sure that we met the, the CRA rules around, uh, around contracting. So everybody has other clients. So we are not their only clients and, uh, and, um, and they own the means to, uh, for doing the work. And, uh, and so, so that's, that's how we do that. So we've got, um, 
uh, yeah, we've we've got everybody uh, kind of we think we think about them as being in house, but but they're not. Uh, and we work we meet regularly via Zoom, uh, and we um, uh, we have a pretty great established workflow uh, that works for us, and uh, and and that's how we do it. But really, just keep just uh, keeping things uh, to what what it is that you need, and and no more. Yeah, that speaks to the the power of collaboration and strategic partnerships Yes, in a business, allowing you to scale or not. I mean, it sounds like you can fill up your, your time very quickly yourself and you're allow you to reach obviously a greater to greater scale. So that's so nice. Um, what's next for you, um, you, your company, the next 18, 24 months or beyond, do you have you, what's your, your vision? Yeah, great, great question, Peter. And, uh, and really COVID, uh, has been a game changer for us. Uh, I was running uh, back and forth between the airport and home uh, every few days, and I did that for years. And it was fun for me, and uh, it was I got to meet new people and see different places, and and all of that was really great. And then COVID, uh, and I thought I thought I was going to go crazy. I thought I was going to miss it, and I didn't. I learned that I actually love being at home. Um, I, I love, um, uh, you know, just just not having that stress of, uh, of where am I going next and, uh, uh, and making sure that all those plans are, are made. Uh, and so, so I foresee a, a whole lot more of uh, uh, getting better at working from home, getting better at figuring out what our clients and what our target market needs and wants from us that we can provide virtually. So we're, we've, um, you know, one of the big requests right now is uh, emotional intelligence for working remotely. So how can emotional intelligence skills help people to, uh, to maintain the connections uh, among their teams and, uh, and to, to improve those relationships, even though you're not physically in the same location as other people? How can you use technology to make sure that, um, uh, that, that those relationships are strong? Uh, and that you use empathy, which you already made reference to, putting yourself in someone else's position, seeing things from their perspective, using your empathy skills to, to really recognize and acknowledge that while it may be going great for you, um, it may not be going great for that other person. Uh, and they may be, it may be uh, an additional burden for them to have to work from home, to have to work with kids who can't go to school or whatever. Uh, and so we kind of you know, try to look at the various skills of the model that we use uh, of emotional intelligence and, and try to see how we can help people to develop those, those skills so they can, be, uh, they can cope better at working at this stress of working from home and also leverage those tools available to them to be better leaders uh, in their right. organization. Well, that's good, David. I really appreciate you sharing your story, how you help people. Um, it's really good to hear as well how through this you've created, you know, it's, it sounds like there's a transformation in your business, right? There's opportunity you've taken advantage of based on, you know, obviously dire situation for a lot of people out there and you're finding a way to serve more people, which is mm-hmm. so nice. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, that's easy. You can type in the Emotional Intelligence Training Company <laughs> and find us that way, uh, or or just Google David Corey. Now, if you Google David Corey, there there are three David Coreys. Uh, one is a um, uh, is a 
is is a quantum physicist, uh, and that's not me. Uh, and the other is the CEO of a big pharma company in the states, and that's not me. So I'm the other. I'm the I'm the other David Corey. Very good. Well, thank you very much, David. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Peter. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Cash Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.